So we're going to spend about the next six weeks dealing with topics in Proverbs. If you've been here for a while, you probably recognize this graphic because I've used it two other times. I've Two other times I've picked topics in Proverbs and kind of uh, talked about knowing and understanding wisdom. Now, the first topic I'm going to deal with is the topic of parenting. So for the past 22 years of my life, my wife and I have been parenting, actively parenting, and now we're in this really cool stage of life where our kids are 18, 20, and 22. So we have this little identity shift, this role shift, because now we're parents of three adults. We feel very blessed with our three adult children and are very proud of the adults that they've become. And I've, you've probably noticed this. I've done the very best I can to respect their privacy all those years because, you know, kids give you a lot of good sermon illustrations, but you don't want to embarrass them, right? So I've done the best I can to respect their privacy. And uh, But if you know my kids, if you've had any interactions with them, you know why we feel so blessed to be their parents. So parenting is extremely difficult and extremely rewarding. Parenting is extremely difficult and extremely rewarding. See, many of the questions I get from the generations behind my generation, are they ask us how we handled certain parenting issues. And for me, as a pastor, since I've been here so long, and many of the young people that are actively parenting were actually kids in my youth group, and now they're parents. They let kids have kids these days. Um, so... They're asking me and my wife questions. So with all those questions, it kind of forces us to, to ask ourselves, what did we do? Okay, what did we do? Because when you're in the thick of parenting, right, everything is happening so quickly. Decisions are made quickly. Things happen that you never expected. Sometimes things go really smooth, right? Ah. And sometimes things get pretty rough, okay? And that's parenting, right? A blessing and a challenge. Well, I'm going to tell you two things we didn't do before I go into what the Bible says we should do. Two things we didn't do is the first is we were not ultra spiritual, okay? Some people think, oh, you're a pastor. You must run your household in this like ultra spiritual way. Everyone wakes up at 5 a.m. while your wife is cooking a three-course breakfast and the smell is wafting up the stairs and you come down and they call all your wife blessed and everybody sits down and then dad opens the Bible up and has a little three-point sermon. Then we pray together. Kids run off and do their chores and then they go to the schoolhouse in Walnut Grove. That's kind of how it all goes in the ultra-spiritual family. That was not us, okay? The problem is, is when we think people are ultra-spiritual, we like see other Christians and we think, oh, I can never parent my kids like that. I can never be like that. The truth is, there's probably not many people that are in that ultra-spiritual category. The second thing we did not do was we did not wing it, okay? Sadly, many people wing it. They have kids and they don't know what to do, so they wing it. What are you going to do, right? They really have no clue on how to parent. So what we did not do is we did not wing it. We thought about parenting, we prayed about parenting, we learned about parenting, pretty much realized and understood for all those years of actively raising our children, much of our time, thoughts, prayers, and energy would go into raising our kids. And many of our desires took the back seat because, right, we're parents and we need to parent our kids. We knew it was 100% our responsibility to raise our kids. And the other people in their lives, Sunday school teachers, youth leaders, school teachers, coaches, friends, family, extended family, they're all there for support and encouragement, 
but it's not their responsibility to raise my kids. So as a parent, you have to realize it's not other people's responsibility. You don't send your kid off to school or send your kid to Sunday school and say, they take care of everything. It is actually 100% your responsibility to raise them. Raise them first and foremost to love the Lord, to love their neighbor, to do good, to be a productive member of society. That's the responsibility of every parent. So how does this happen? How does this happen? How can I stand here today on the latter end of this responsibility and teach all of you young parents and aspiring parents how to be a parent that God called you to be? Well, to give you a broad answer to any parenting question, as a parent, really, your main focus is to guide your children. So that's our first, that's basically our overarching point here, guiding our children. Now, as a side note, I know we have children here, right? And I know we have people that are done actively parenting here and people that may never be parents here. What I'm about to teach you is not a waste of your time. Okay, it's not a waste of your time because it is the scripture, but because if you're a kid here, you, now you're going to know what your parents' responsibility is. Okay, so parents, beware, okay? Um, but one day you might be a parent yourself. If you are out of that active parenting stage, and or maybe you never had kids of your own, this is still important because now you have an opportunity to encourage and support the people in your life that are actively parenting. Because what the next generation does with their kids will actually shape the culture that you live in. Get that? Some of you are like, uh-oh. <laughs> so the, the people that are parenting kids now, they're the future. They're the future leaders. They're the future people going to be calling the shots when we're aging and in our golden years, so to speak. So let's get into the teaching. The root of how you guide your children is by the love you have for your children. Now, I don't have to tell you to love your children, okay? A parent loves their children. The expression of your love for your children should be guidance. And that's where the Proverbs actually starts. Guiding, okay? It's a father and mother guiding their son. We can apply this to son and daughter, obviously. Most believe this was King Solomon talking to his son, Rehoboam. And the first way we guide our children, the scriptures tell us, is this. We teach and instruct, or instruct and teach. Proverbs 1.8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Notice, this is not just a father. It's, a, it's not just a mother. It's a mother and a father. It takes both parents, and the reason is, Fathers and mothers bring different and complementary guidance to their children. A father teaches his son how to be a man. He teaches his daughter what a man should be like. A mother teaches her daughter how to be a woman. She teaches her son what a woman is like and how to treat one another. So it takes both, a father and a mother. So in the Proverbs, you say, you hear, hear my son, hear my son. It's talking to sons and daughters, children, but it's also a father and a mother saying, our job, our goal is to teach and instruct you. 
this is where there's an attack on the family. You realize this, right? I mean, it doesn't take you know, much to figure out. There is a huge attack on the family, okay? Fathers and mothers, male and female. There's a huge attack on this. The truth is the scriptures teach that it really, this is the family. This is the family. Another problem, and it really is an easy trap to fall into when it comes to parenting, is this. And this is, I'm specifically talking to you men out here that are actively parenting. Some fall into this trap. Mom does all the parenting. Dad goes out and works to provide for the family. Listen, there's no doubt if the dad is working all day, the mom has more time with the kids, more time to parent, and takes probably a larger percent. But that doesn't give men, okay, the get-out-of-jail-free pass. Like, I don't have to do anything with the kids. I just give them money, okay? That's not the way it works. Guys, I can give you tons of tips on how to be a dad that's present and parenting their kids, but I'm going to sum it up in pretty much one phrase. You are the parent too. Okay, you get that? You are the parent too. It's your responsibility as their dad. You can't say raising your kids is my wife's job and making money is my job. Your kids need their dad. And as we see here in the Proverbs, it's mom and dad. Now, let me appeal to you. Let me appeal to you. If you're kind of pushing back on that, like, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Let me appeal to you. Do you really want to miss out on the impact that you can have on your children? Do you really want to miss out on that? Do you really want them to be like, oh, the biggest impact in my life was my teacher, was my guidance counselor, was my youth pastor, was my youth leader? Do you want that? Or do you want your kids to say, hey, you know what? My dad took the time. He worked hard. He took the time, though. He took the time to build into me. Not only do your kids need their dad, when you fulfill your responsibility as a dad, it's showing your wife love. When you take your responsibility as the dad of your children, you are actually showing your wife love. Instead of coming home from work and saying, I'm tired, I don't want to deal with these kids, you say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I am tired, but I have children. I have children. And you know what? It, it, the, the truth is, it goes so quick. Some of you people that are out of active parenting, right? You see people running around with little kids, and you're like, I vaguely remember that. Man, it went so quick. I can't believe this. But your wife will feel very loved when you step up as your role of being a father. And guess what? The role of the husband? The role of the husband is to love your wife. Now, this isn't the Proverbs, this isn't Ephesians, but it's talking about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus gave up his life for his bride. As husbands, we do whatever our wives need, and part of that is being the dad to your children because she will feel an extreme burden to be mom and dad. She will feel an extreme burden to be mom and dad. And guess what? She's not equipped to be the dad because she's not called to be the dad and it's not her responsibility to be the dad. And if you want to heap that burden on her, you're just reneging your responsibility. So the love we have for our children and our spouse should inspire us to instruct and teach our children, which is really the first way we guide them. But the second way we guide them is by warning them warning them. And a lot of your parenting will be warning your children. It says this, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. 
As a parent, much of your guidance comes from warning them about the people and things in the world that lead to sinful behavior, behaviors and destructive things. This also falls in line with instruction and teaching, of course. But when we look at this verse, it says, if sinners entice you, we're lured in by sin. Why are we lured in by sin? Well, I can think of a ton of reasons. I'm sure you can too. Some sin is fun. Some sin promises something that maybe um, we think we need or want to have. Sometimes we're curious to see what it offers. Now, parents, don't get discouraged when your kids want to do the wrong thing. And don't get discouraged. Because that was kind of you, wasn't it? Okay, you wanted that stuff too. So now your job as a parent is to kind of go back, kind of remember how you feel. Like so, so many times parents beat themselves up. I can't believe my kid wants to do this. I can't believe my kid do that. Listen, don't beat yourself up. Realize and understand that that was you too. And you needed someone to come alongside you, teach you, instruct you, warn you, warn you about what was available, okay? Some of you might remember when you were younger, maybe your mom or dad said, I don't like when you hang out with that person. You remember that? That ever happened or is that just me? Okay, here's the thing. Or maybe you were that person <laughs> that nobody wanted their kid to hang out with. So here's the thing. You remember that and it kind of burnt this memory in your head. Oh, mom and dad didn't like when I hung out with this person because they enticed you to sin. Sin is your fault, but you know what? It was what was available. And when you were with that person, it was what was available. Now, sometimes the warning is just, no, you can't. Now, when your kids are younger, right? No, you can't. And I know in this culture, and this kind of makes me kind of cringe a little bit, I've heard parents say things like, I don't want to tell my child no. They won't like it. <sighs> Let me tell you, if you're not willing to tell your child no, no one will like them in the future, right? We don't like people that always got their own way, that got to do whatever they wanted, okay? They, they're above everything. So you're the first line of offense, right? To say, no, you can't. And then you give them the reasons. Here's why. I'm warning you. This is not going to be good for you. This is going to be destructive. This is going to be hurtful. This is not going to help. This is not going to help you in life. Now, with the warnings, we give them reasons why, don't we? We give them reasons why. Obviously, this is age-appropriate as far as how much we tell our kids. And that's what's nice about when your kids come, become a little older, right? When they become like teenagers, late teenagers. You could just level with them. That person's crazy. Don't hang out with them. Don't do that. Don't, you know what I mean? You could just tell them straight up. Before you were just like, no, because I said so. Okay, now you're like, I'll just give it all to you, okay? Because I want you to realize what is going on here. I want you to understand that I am your biggest fan. I want the best for you. And even though you think me telling you no is keeping you from something that you really, really love and desire. Me telling you no is actually a huge act of love towards you, to warn you. Tell them why. Listen to what this says. It says this, Proverbs 1, 15 through 16. My son, do not walk in their way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. We need to let them know there are consequences when we sin. There's going to be 
people out there that you know are just not going to be good for them. They can hurt themselves. They can hurt other people. They'll displease the Lord and you. It, let them know. But you know what? Unfortunately, some kids, you can warn all day long. Okay? Some of you might be parenting one of those kids. Warn them all day long. For some reason, they have to experience it for themselves. They have to learn for themselves, right? And they will wind up being what the scriptures and Proverbs say, they wind up being foolish, right? But there's other kids that heed to the warnings. Heed to your warnings. The scriptures actually tell them they're wise. So as your kids get older, warn them by appealing to them. Not just, no, you can't. Maybe it's a situation where you feel like you can't say no to this because, you know what, they're like an older teenager. And trust me, I worked with teenagers for 15 years. I know all the, all the angles that teenagers have, the, the, the arguments they have with their parents and their parents not letting them do certain things and the unreasonable things their parents would do and the unreasonable things the kids would do. I've heard pretty much it all. But when you warn your kids, now you can appeal to them. Do you want to be a fool? Or do you want to be wise? I'll tell you what the scriptures say about being a fool. It never ends well, okay? But I'll tell you what the scripture says about being wise. It's what we desire for our kids and what God desires for us. This is why a good relationship with your kids is so important. You got to keep those lines of communication open. With a good relationship comes trust. That's why to you dads, remember I said you can't just come home and be like, okay, it's her job, she's parenting and stuff. You don't want your kids to wake up one day and be like, I don't really ever hang out with my dad. I don't even really know what he's thinking. Like he goes to work, comes back, we have food, we have stuff, and you know, he seems like he's all right. You know, I don't know. You need that relationship. Because guess what? As they grow older and as they're you, and I know you young parents can never really even imagine this, as they actually do things without any supervision, you're like, that's never happening to this one. It happens, okay? It happens. And you want them to come back and tell you all those things, ask you all those questions. You want to be that influence in their life. So with a good relationship, they trust you and listen to the warnings. But when you have that kid that doesn't heed the warnings, here's what I want to say. When they mess up, try not to just come in and say, I told you so, okay? Find ways to say I told you so without saying I told you so. And I think that really brings us to the next way we guide them, and that's part of that is reminding them. Reminding them. Proverbs 4, 20 through 21 says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Repeat, 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 repeat. Parents, you are a broken record, okay? You, you, I know you say, like, I don't want to sound like a broken You just have to, okay? Because without reminders, they forget. Guess what? Without reminders, you forget. They're no different than you are, okay? You just might be a little bit more mature, okay? Here's the thing. They're going to forget. So they need reminders. Sometimes your reminders are, remember when we were talking about this or that? Uh, or what was the warning I gave you? Remember before you decided you were going to do this and we had this little conversation and I kind of said this or that? What do you make of that? How did that work out? 
oh, sorry that happened. <laughs> sorry, I warned you, it happened. Sorry that happened. Sorry to see that happen. Moving forward, what could you have done different? You know, and maybe you might actually hear those words, listened to you, <laughs> listened to your warning. Or if you see them heading down the wrong road to make some mistake again, you can remind them what happened the last time they headed down that road. How did you feel about it? Do you want to go through that again? Do you want to deal with that again? There's very creative ways to speak with your children without being accusatory and making them shut down. Now, some ideas for reminding our kids, especially when they're very young, because for those of you that are parenting younger children, okay, you're setting the foundation. You're setting the foundation. And, uh, you know, like I know some of the things that we do with our kids, like at nighttime, reading Bible stories at night. But not only just reading the Bible stories, because sometimes, you know, we put these Bible stories, like we take the Bible stories and we're like, okay, build an ark. Don't get swallowed by a whale. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's all these weird like lessons, so to speak, in some of these Old Testament stories. But then we have to really dig in deeper, ask, like, what would you have done in that situation? Why do you think that God allowed this to happen? What was going on? Like, interacting with those, not just reading a story for the sake of reading a story. So we used to do that from, like, children's Bible. Interact them, interact with that story, ask them questions about it. Jesus, remember, he told stories. I know at the end of the day, for some of you parents, like, you know, the days, like, you're tired, right? And you don't feel like having story time. And it seems like now all of a sudden your kid wants to talk to you. And they want to ask you all these questions. And you're just like, just go to sleep. Right? I know the feeling. We've been there. But that's the time that they want to talk. I mean, we know they're stalling. Okay? You guys all did it when you were kids too. But guess what? That special time that you can spend with your kids reminding them what God desires, reminding them about the wisdom that his word holds for us. Do scripture memory with your children. I know like in Sunday school and stuff, they do scripture memory. Um, follow up with that. Talk about that. Maybe do scripture memory with your whole family. So they're reminded of what God has to say when you're not around. Play Christian music in the house and in the car. Listen to Bible books and Christian books in the car. I know in this generation too, like for us, like the iPods were just coming out when our kids were little. So like it was a little bit different. I understand that. But you know what? You have to have limits on all that stuff. All those things that your kids have available to them. I know sometimes it's easier to give your kid a screen to babysit the kid but that's not the call of the parent. I was surfing with some guy that um, I went to high school with, not a believer or anything like that, but you know, he knows what I do and my stage of life, and he's actually watched um, my, my oldest son, Zane, surfing with me and stuff like that, and so he asked me, he's like, his son's like eight, he's like, dude, he's like, what, how'd you limit? He's like, my kid will play those games like all day long. I'm like, well, I know. <laughs> and I know 35-year-old guys that play those games all day long. <laughs> here's the problem. You have to limit, you know, you have to just say like, you know, like you can't do it. Okay. I'm in charge. You can't. Okay. That, that's the way it is because I don't think it's the best thing for you to do right now. See, the hope and prayer is that they remember all the guidance that you offered 
And it brings blessing and successes to their life. And then, maybe at some point, now this might be years and years down the road, but they praise God that you're their parent. This parent, my dad, my mom, raised me for this reason. Raised me to glorify God. Raised me to point to him. Raised me. And, and, and here's the thing, again, that relationship. You're constantly reminding your kids, like, I love you. They don't understand that yet, right? Because most of you who are parents here realize, like, man, I didn't realize how much I was going to love these little humans until I had them. You know, you can look around and be like, okay, kids, yeah, I'm sure you love them, right? Yeah, I mean, I seem like a pain sometimes, right? But here's the thing. When you're a parent, you just, you, you understand that love. And that love teaches us about God's love for us, right? Giving up his only son for us. But the final way we guide them is by encouraging them. Now, of course, words of encouragement, I'm very proud of you, good job, I love you, you're a blessing, thank you, whatever, those words of encouragement are great. You know, words of encouragement, they, when they do the right thing. But the truth is, we should be encouraging them even before they do the right thing. Even before they do the right thing. Tell them the benefits of following the guidance that you have provided, because you as a good, godly Christian parent, are trying to provide godly advice to them. So in Proverbs 3, 21 through 23, it says, My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. So there's three benefits to following the guidance that we can encourage our children with in this verse. The first is life for your soul. Now, what does this mean? I I believe this is twofold. First, when we trust Jesus and the gospel, right? When we trust the gospel, when we trust the fact that I am a sinner in need of a savior, Jesus is that savior who died on the cross for me. He rose from the grave to prove that he's God, and the scriptures say all who believe will have eternal life. It brings life, eternal life, to your soul. That is the first thing you should be encouraging your children with. And you know, if I ever hear people say like, oh, you know, I don't want to shove it down my kid's throat. I want them to make their own decisions. I'm like, are you even a Christian? Okay. If you know this saves your soul, you're not going to tell your kid, I'm going to keep the best news from you. <laughs> like, that's not a loving parent, right? So life for your soul. You teach them the gospel, but the second is soul fulfillment. Soul fulfillment. Our children are looking for purpose and fulfillment in life. Why do you think we're, we're in this generation of people just grasping? They're just taking in information. They're just looking, looking, looking. Why? Because they're looking for purpose. They're looking, does my life mean anything? Your job as a parent is to encourage them. Yeah, your life does mean something. Do not lose sight of these things. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Your life is to bring glory to God. And guess what? When you bring glory to God, when you make those decisions, all of a sudden you feel that you have purpose. You know, some of you here, maybe you're a believer in Christ, but you're walking through life and you're like, I feel like I have no purpose. It's probably because you're not living for the Lord. You're living for yourself. You're just doing the things that make you happy. 
And then you're like, I thought it was going to make me happy, but it didn't make me happy. I thought the extra pay was going to make me happy. I thought the cool car was going to make me happy. I thought the house was going to make me happy. I thought the boat was going to make me happy. I thought the surfboard was going to make me happy. I thought the fishing pole, the golf club, whatever, was going to make me happy. And then you're like, it didn't. I mean, maybe there's a little joy here and there. But maybe you're just not living for the Lord. You're living for yourself. Well, if you don't got that figured out for yourself, how are you passing that down to your kids? How are you showing them the purpose that they need to have? You know, you can go through life very purposeless if you forget to focus in on the Lord. I need to be reminded. You need to be reminded. Our kids need to be reminded. It's your job, right? Second, it says, and life for your soul and adornment for your neck. What does that mean? The encouragement here is very relevant, especially in this generation, is people want to be seen. People want to be known. It's called their reputation. People put themselves out on social media. Be popular. They want, they want people to see who they are. This adornment is our reputation. Encourage your children when they follow the guidance from the Lord, they will be seen and known as a follower of Jesus. They're a representative of the king when they follow the king. I know in this culture, that might not hold much because people are like, ah, who cares about that? But God does. But God does. And guess what? When they lay their little head on their pillow at night, whether they're 5, 15, 20, 30, 40, they're going to feel very fulfilled when they know they live that day for the Lord and in view of him. And their reputation is firm because people see that that's what their purpose is. And the third is probably one of my favorite. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. Does everybody like to be secure? Okay, you like, Security is important to most people. For our children, we can encourage them that the reason we guide them in the ways of the Lord are so when they go through this life, they can know there's a God who loves me. They know following him is the best. Knowing that no matter what happens, he's there for me. Knowing no matter what we face, we can go to him for guidance. That's true security. We have no other security without the Lord, okay? We might think we have security because we have money in the bank. If you have money in the bank, that's great, right? But what happens when you have a health problem that no money in the world can solve? Where's your hope? Money in the bank doesn't even matter anymore, does it? I mean, think about it. We can go to so many places looking for security, but true security comes from the Lord. Walking secure. And you know what? If true security comes from him, I'm going to follow what he says. Now, do you realize the deeper meaning and the spiritual picture in Proverbs? It's not just Solomon talking to his son Rehoboam, like me and your mom want to raise you, right? That's not the only thing that's going on here. The deeper spiritual meaning in Proverbs is God is the loving parent and we are his children and he's guiding us. So when we study Proverbs, we're going to see that. The loving father guiding his children. When you read Proverbs, you're going to see that. Loving parent guiding their children. So parents, I want to appeal to you. Guide your, your child like our Heavenly Father guides us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for this day.
I'm thankful, Lord, for all the parents here, the ones that are actively parenting. I know sometimes it seems like the days could be so long, but we know they fly by quick. Those of us that are on the other side of that active parenting realize how fast those things go. So I pray, Lord, that these parents that are actively parenting right now cherish each day that they can build into, teach and instruct and warn and remind their children and encourage them to follow after you. I pray for those here that await being parents someday, that they would take these teachings and file them away and know where to go when they're asking those questions. I pray for those that are outside of that active parenting, maybe empty nesters or grandparents. I pray, Lord, that you would just give them the boldness to encourage and instruct the generations below them and help and encourage them to parent the way that you desire them to parent. I pray, Lord, as a church, that we would continue to come alongside families, creating programs and different things to assist the parents at home. I pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.